Welcome back, everybody, for a very, very special episode of the Lookout Podcast. This is episode 60. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> 60 of them, thanks. Um, oh. f- first of all, I am Meals. I am here with the Platinum Chanel yes, boy yes, himself, sir. Jeff. Yes, we sir. are What's here. On, buddy? Um, first of all, we're very excited. About <laughs> we are. I don't yeah. know if you... We are very excited. So without further ado, I think... One of the people that we've wanted to, I've looked and it was like, I want to talk to him. I want to interview him. Like I've legitimately gone out and, you know, and it's managed to work out and I'm very, very happy for it. So I want to first introduce to this podcast, um, actor, voice actor. Um, I'm sure there's a million other talent things you're talented at (laughs) as well. But Zeno Robinson, welcome to the lookout, my friend. Hey, hey, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I mean, I, honestly, quick question: Is there anything else that you're good at, voice acting and or acting beyond uh, that? <laughs> I mean, I dabble in like other things here and there. Uh, like acting is the main thing, but like you know, I've dabbled in like music. I've da- I, I dabble in writing. Like those, those are things that, that I'm also interested in. Like I, I just like create creativity, like creation, making things. That's, yeah, that's awesome. One creative to another, we uh, I think we we, we kind of get the same satisfaction, yeah, from creating <laughs> yeah, as definitely. well. Um, yeah. with that said, I mean, the first thing I kind of want to talk about is kind of how have you been? I know this kind of last two weeks in the world has been, you know, it's been it's been <laughs> crazy. Like, <laughs> quite honestly, you look at your timeline, and I'm like, you know what, right on, brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no, man, yeah, you you have been representing like. <laughs> To the fullest, man. Like a lot of respect. But I just want to know, kind of like how you feel and how have you kind of felt about the world over the last two weeks and kind of movements and protest and just news and tragedy and what we have done, kind of or what we're trying to do in the midst of all this. Um, how have you kind of felt about things? Um, honestly, I think it's just absolutely exhausting. I think like mm-hmm. there's so many things that people already have to deal with, with like, uh, especially like, you know, with, with the pandemic and like, you know, kind of rebalancing your brain or, or to, to adjust to being home all the time and working from home. And I personally very much liked the, like uh, the home and work separation, right? Like I could leave my home and go to work and go somewhere else. Um, and then we, you know, you're just going to add, sprinkle on a little, a little layer of, of racism on top of it, (laughs) (laughs) just a dash of racism to to add on it. So I think that just makes it doubly exhausting because it's the harsh reality that even in a global worldwide pandemic, people still find the time to be racist, you know, like at a time where it would probably be like the, not the best time, right? Like the most there's there are other things yeah. you know that you could be doing like you, like america will still find ways to murder black people no matter what's going on in the world and i right. think that's like the saddest thing about it and I, I think i think i just think everybody's tired and i think me i'm uh i'm very reactionary sometimes especially with stuff like this stuff that i just think is like really wrong and i just think it just makes me angry so i i <laughs> I, I take that anger and whether I'm at a protest or 
or you know what I mean, whether I'm at a protest or whether I'm, I'm you know, uh, direct tweeting the LAPD. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you're using your uh, platform, man. You're using your platform. It's a good thing. I'm trying to, you know, and I think a lot of creatives, a lot of other actors, uh, not a lot, because I've seen a lot of people speaking out, but, some, you know, I think a lot of us in the back of our minds are scared, you know, like, mm-hmm. because we, a lot of us worry that, you know, if we say the wrong thing, we do the wrong thing in an, in an, in a time where everything you say and do, which you put on the internet is kind of there forever. Um, like, will we, will we lose opportunities? Like, will we be not cast for something? Will we be not considered or be ignored for something because we in the eyes of the public are too radical or too outspoken, you know, too controversial, right. you know? So a lot of people will like to be, you know, would think it'd be safer to be quieter. And I think that's the anxiety that I think only like really only like black people would have like in, in speaking out like and stuff like this because yeah. it, you know it could make us look like we're, ang- we're we're angry which we are but it'll make us look like you know i don't know i think we just have this fear that we're always no of course yeah vilified. i, I yeah, feel I like 100 percent, and just in kind of even i also do a podcast on reality tv i, I do many mm-hmm. podcasts <laughs> like, <laughs> and kind of like i remember back in the day like a stereotypical thing it's like oh i'm not trying to be the angry black man or the angry black woman in this entire thing and it's like it's crazy that's kind of like stereotyped in any but yeah it's like we are angry and we are expressing mm-hmm. ourselves it and i think right as kind of, yeah and i think kind of as a nation i mean we would hope that things are moving in the right direction. I mean, we, we kind of hoped that would happen. I mean, how many various events, you know, slavery abolished, Jim Crow, everything kind of moving right. forward. We kind of hope that events would kind of bring us into a much better state. But, you know, we've realized that America itself has still so much to do and still so much progress to actually make in these type of things. But yeah, we're angry and, and, and the entire world is angry. And I think one of the most beautiful things have been the awareness that, a lot of people, including yourself, have done with your platform, reaching out and kind of spreading this information and spreading it too. You're you're very, I mean, I from what I've seen, I follow you as well, and you have a very great relationship with the anime community and people who love you and people who are just fans of you. I've never in my like, even growing up, watching all these episodes of Dragon Ball Z, watching all these other things, like I've never even considered the fact like, yo. Are any of these voice actors actually black? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that that was definitely a thing. You know, I know me growing up, I I didn't think that was even possible for me to do. You know what I mean? Uh, That and that that was definitely something that turned us on to this whole situation and getting you on here to just talk about things because it's just important. Like representation is very important, Uh, and I I agree. And that's kind of the crux of my my whole the whole reason why like I do anime and. I, I I I had a feeling that that would, would be about that would be how a lot of people felt because you know since I'm behind the scenes and and I've had a lot of like internal discussions with other actors about this and I, I would tell them like I was just like I just don't think people actually like know like I don't think like uh, there, I'm pretty sure there are because there's some people who look behind the scenes at everything but I think right. you know for some people for some audience members they're just trying to watch the show. They don't, they don't really, you know, they, as long as the performance is good, they don't really mind who's behind the mic, you right. know, but for me, you know, when representation is important to me and, you know, I love anime and I want to see myself as the hero or I want to play the hero and, you know, um, and, and I see that, that, you know, a lot of those opportunities aren't coming my way. 
you know, especially when I started, it's like, uh, well, okay, well, uh, who's playing this person then? And who's playing that person? And that character's black. Why isn't their actor? You know, right. that, so that's kind of the whole, it's a big reason why I, I do what I do. Can I, can I tell you the first instance of when I heard, like when I could specifically hear like a voice actor and watch an anime, I was like, that's a black man. <laughs> and it it came i'm 30 years old this comes 29 years into my damn life where i legitimately hear all right so i'm watching the dub of dragon ball super and oh i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> we, we reached the universal survival arc and we get to t- first of all we get to tapo and dispo and yeah. I'm just well top and dispo. I guess top and dispo. Um, I'm so used to calling them topo because of the yeah, yeah. manga and stuff like that. But top and dispo, and I get to top, and I'm like, that's a black man. That that, and then you get the dispo, and you like, nah, that's really no, a black. That's man. really a black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that man is black. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and at at some point, it's like I've never even considered it before. But then I think those kind of conversations, and we talked about it on when we talked about those series of episodes. Well, I think we kind of revisited that whole arc later on, mm-hmm. and we talked about the English voices, and we looked at it, and I see like Ray Heard and um mm-hmm. um. Gosh, I'm the dispose of voice actors escaping me currently, but I see those voice actors and I'm like, yo, we really need to like reach out to them. Like we really need to like, because I'm sure they have a story that's different than anybody else's and has this kind of, and, but has the same experience, you know, has the same experience as everyone else watching anime, but it's like wanting to see themselves across the screen and managing to be able to cross that boundary and cross that line. So that's why, um, you know, people like you are just kind of so important to not only just the culture, but like kind of proving like, oh, all types of worlds, all types of walks of life. We can kind of do this and we can kind of provide this. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a it's a very tumultuous time in the world right now. And I think exhausting is the greatest way to put it, because, yeah, we're I can remember last week. I mean, we powered through our podcast, but at the same time, yeah. it's like, bro, we're <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Mills and I had discussions, you know, outside of, you know, just doing our shows and how we felt, you know, just personally with each other, tapping in with each other, make sure we straight. But, you know, it was important for us to, you know, keep going and, and making these shows and kind of getting people, you know, take a little time out, if you will, you know, discuss some things with us, keep the anime going, talk about Pokemon, whatever it is, because sometimes, you know, like you said, it's extremely draining. It's exhausting. You know, if we already have a high you know, level of anxiety in this country, in this world in general. So, you know, making sure that we, we had a platform to at least take people's mind off of it for 45 minutes, an hour, you know, that's important to us. And that's kind of how I, I saw it too, like in working, cause you know, I, I find myself working, I've been working a lot lately now, like with that home recording and, you know, recordings take longer because of the, you know, the technology and, you know, for efficiency's sake, Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, oh, well, you know, the world's crazy, but at least, you know, for this, for the next three or four hours, I can live in this other world you yeah, know, yeah. and keep in and provide something that when it's out, you know, in these conditions that people can look to as kind of like a, an escape or a light. Yeah, of course. So, you know, speaking kind of all of how the kind of world situation is kind of like maybe changed the plan a little bit and kind of like reformatted our plans and things that I was of course doing some research before I do this because obviously what what would a great host what a great journalist <laughs> right. do, a bit of 
research. So, of course, I will go on YouTube. I look at past interviews of you and things like that, just so I'm not, like, trampling over the same questions that you get over and over again. Not that they're bad. I'm sure people want to know these questions, but yeah. <laughs> um, I see you on a Zoom call with one of the other things, and I see this giant kind of thing behind you. Um, <laughs> is is that your recording thing? Is that the room? Yeah, the giant. It's, like, blue. Like, it's like an indigo. Yeah. 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 That's my booth. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's home, my homemade home booth. Yeah, uh, I made it like maybe the first or second week of uh, of coronavirus. Like when, like maybe like the week before places started shutting down, I built it. Um, I had some help, but yeah, I built it. Jesus Lord, that's, that's awesome. That, first of all, yeah, first of all, that's awesome, oh, but it's, it's huge. Things. Yeah, I have so many just inquisitive things about voice mm-hmm. acting because of I think course. it's something that. We all kind of, I mean, we know that people are speaking behind these things, but you don't know the actual process and you don't know yeah. unless you're like a super like going deep anime fan who like, you know, we're attending all the panels and stuff like that and, and going through all those things. But like, mm-hmm. how, how has this entire COVID thing kind of affected, is it sort of now more so the speed of the operation is slowed down or just the experiences? Is it just, how has this entire COVID thing kind of affected a lot of like what you do. Um, I think everybody's experience is, is definitely different and singular. Like some people love working from home because they like being at home and, you know, they have a great setup and they have a great booth and they like being in their booth and, you know, they get in their booth, they do their thing and they go, you know, make dinner and watch Netflix. Right. Right. Like, right. like is there uh, a producer with you, by the way? I'm just, I have so many. <laughs> um, not, no, uh, Typically, you'll have an en- so typically you'll have an engineer like over watching or monitoring on some outside program or listening okay. in, right? So that's mm-hmm. Zoom or Source Connect, which are two uh, like Zoom's like a you know like you know like the uh, the audio vis- video. Yes, of course, Zoom uh, is the stock for Zoom. I feel bad now. It's, it's <laughs> going on, <all> right? <laughs> uh, it's good. So it's so popular. Everybody's trying to do it now. Like Google has a Hangouts thing now. Microsoft has Teams. You know, um, but like or like sometimes I, I there's like team viewer where, you know, everybody can see everybody's screens or there's like source connect, which is like Internet based communication. And you can capture audio directly from that. So the source connect stream. So usually you'll have a producer monitoring you in some way over the Internet to make sure you don't peak uh, to tell you when to turn down your gain. Or, you know what I mean? Or to troubleshoot any kind of, like, uh, engineer problems that can come up. Right. Um, and then, uh, but so for me, usually the, 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 the COVID thing has kind of changed, like I said, because I'm just at home a lot now. Um, it, uh, like, all my sessions are, are I'm doing them in the booth. Um, and, like, I'm connecting with directors or producers or engineers over one of those, one of those programs. And yeah, we just kind of record it. We go over it. I I record a backup on my end and then um, I send it over. Like I send over uh, my files that I record in my mic. Um, So they have two different ways of editing. Um, Hmm. It's definitely a longer, complicated process. And it puts a little bit, little more responsibility on the actor, which is, I think, like my biggest thing is like, I very, very much just like focusing on the art and the work and acting and the best performance and but as an actor especially everything going on in the world like 
sometimes you can't just do that. Like now you have to worry about like, are you on mic? Like, are you, is your levels a high enough, you know, are, are your, is your gain at a high enough or a low enough so that, you know, you don't peak or you're not too low praying your, your DAW doesn't crash, you know? <laughs> right. like praying that whatever program you're recording into doesn't crash. So saving all the time, you know, a lot of stuff that, that would in, in, I guess, quote unquote, normal, life or ordinary circumstances be left up to somebody else to do well in the end it, it may make you know your craft even more sharper when you're actually you know back in in a building or back in an actual you know recording studio uh because you know you've done all these things on your own that you normally would have somebody else assisting you with it you know it could be uh it could be very nice for you later on yeah it's a good lesson in like uh knowing yourself and and, and knowing yeah yourself on a technical level right it, it goes oh i think uh, i think i was too low on that or i think i was too high on that take or you know i came in too hot or how far to stand back you know there's a there's a and that's just even for like auditions and things like that it's yeah it's, i learned a lot about like yeah. technology you know first of all i want to ask how does one get started in voice acting um how does one i'm not that i'm an aspiring voice actor. i mean i do an impression on, here and there Mills will jump on here and, you know, he'll he'll hit his piccolo voice or his Deku voice or something of that nature. And I'm like, you know what, Mills, that was pretty good. Dude. I'm not going to lie to you, you know, so he's I, I watch a, I watch a lot of anime. I watch a lot of <laughs> So, But how does one get started in voice acting just in general? Is it like a secret society that, you know, that <laughs> we can only trust? Like, <laughs> that yeah, only leads in trust? So. like what is it? I think it looks like that from the outside looking. It does a little bit, yeah. Because all the voice actors know each other, so we're yeah. all very we have, we're you know multiple projects, all these yeah, other things, camaraderie with each other. I think anime houses specifically because those are like studio based, right? Like um, a lot of the same actors just kind of circulate because you know they you know studios share resources or actors share resources. Oh, you're working here. You should also submit over there to that studio. And right. now, oh, I, that person has experience playing a couple leads at this studio. So that other studio is like, oh, well, you know how to do. You know, you know how to work. Come on over. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's like so many other things like union status, you know, so like a lot of the, uh, you know, if you're, if you're union or if you're non-union, it, it determines on like, so that dictates kind of what studios you're going to be working at primarily, right? It's, um, so why you see like a lot of like, you know, the different circles or the same circles in the, in the specific project you usually see um so to get started like just I, it's really and every every voice actor is going to say it but like it's mostly about acting like finding taking acting classes um which there are voice acting acting classes you know there are uh voice acting specific acting classes but there are also acting classes with a focus on voice acting so i think it, it's really just that like uh, taking classes um so that you can work on a demo to put out to the world or to submit to agencies to represent you to then go or to submit to studios to get opportunities. That's like the biggest thing. And from a more technical aspect, in terms of your actual voice itself, I, I know for like Hawks or something, it's kind of closer to your voice. Like it's kind of closer, like you kind of sound like Hawks right now, like right kind now. of chilling. <laughs> <laughs> You're very Hawks-esque. But for something like Super Alloy Black Luster, where you're like, hey, man, like, you know, like yeah. one of those type of things, like, are you trying to or would you rather this is mm -hmm. a better question. Would you rather be like maybe using your own voice or would you rather like kind of 
with an animated voice mm -hmm. um, in terms of kind of speaking and kind of doing that. What, what was your kind of preference for that? Um, I I sort of try to uh, I using your own voice uh, is it's more comfortable because you you'll you can't you can't be bad at speaking like yourself, right? Like you can't right. get talking <laughs> like yourself wrong, <laughs> right? Like right. there's no way. Um, but uh, I think a lot of what it is is character creation. Um, and that's, it's so like with a character like Super Alloy or, uh, you know, um, Remy, right? Like who is this character? What are they about? What would they sound like? There's no way, you know, Super Alloy Black Luster would sound like me. Absolutely mm -hmm. not. Um, so <laughs> I had to like make I had to make what I thought he could sound like, mm -hmm. you know. And that's um, your that's your creative input in this, or is it like the say, studio? Does, like we wanted to sound. Yeah. Does the studio ask you to kind of hey do this, do that? Oh yeah, of course. Um, sometimes we'll, like uh, Genya in uh, Demon Slayer, right? I auditioned yeah, yeah. for uh, audition for Tanjiro and um, Inosuke, right? So they used my Inosuke audition. Which, which was just very like, you know, uh, and, uh, <laughs> um, and she was like, oh, play uh, his Inosuke audition. And then we built uh, Genya's voice kind of around the idea okay. that I had for Inosuke. So she was, you know, she, they would be like, oh, um, he, they wanted me to make him sound a little uh, older. Um, and uh, I guess I, and I took out a lot of the animalistic qualities, you know, that the, that was in my Inosuke read. Yeah. And so like together, sometimes depending on like how you get cast, like sometimes you'll be asked to find the voice. Like with uh, Super Alloy, they asked specifically, they didn't really want a lot of heavy handed uh, accent, right? Like they didn't want him to, they kind of wanted him to sound very neutral. Right. Um, hmm. um, I've learned a lot that I will probably take into my own voice acting. Not that I'm inspiring the voice actor, but, you know, I do a couple of voices here from there, but I will do, uh, you know. I'll add my creative input now and then. But with that said, I think now we can kind of get into the anime portion. I mean, we do this with every time, every person who's a first guest on the show. Yeah. Um, okay. Was the I want to know real quick, how old are you? I'm 26. He's 26. So this is important because me and Mills, we're both 30. And so we remember, obviously, when Pokemon, like, you know the phenomenon it was when it started in the 90s and all that. So like, this is this is an, this important, man. First of all, what what was your first anime that you remember watching and like what kind of anime do you did you essentially grow up with um first one i remember watching it's a toss-up between dragon ball z and sailor moon and i don't know which one it was um, well, Sailor Moon was earlier in the day than Dragon Ball. <laughs> that's why I'm thinking it's probably Sailor Moon. Like I, I, I really do want to say it was Sailor Moon because I remember, I remember going to Blockbuster with my dad, and I would always get the same two. Uh, I'd always get the same two VHSs. I'd always right. get Sailor Moon and Sonic. And I think my, I, I feel like looking back, like my dad probably hated that I kept picking up that stupid Sailor Moon <laughs> You already Pick know football or something. I feel it. Like, right. Yeah, as kids, as kids we make, as kids we make our parents. I mean, I don't, I never realized it until like later on in life how much stuff that we kind of made our parents do and kind of sit through it. Yeah. Like, of course, making my parents like sit through like the first Pokemon movie or like right. Recess the movie, like or like right. any other of the movies and stuff that we kind of go through and talk about that. But yeah. I mean, 
you can feel free to continue in terms of like what kind of other animes were you kind of into when you were younger yeah yeah i was uh and then i i I grew up with dragon ball z uh zoids card captors um like i watched a lot of like the four kids stuff so that's like shaman king the first couple seasons of one one piece uh fighting foodons um like none of the some of these didn't have as much of an impact as others like i love shaman king like i love pokemon like i love dragon ball z um and then uh uh there's i think there was something yeah oh naruto but that naruto is when i first started realizing anime as a separate entity like to cartoons right like right like Mm -hmm. when i was watching it like on four kids and you know things like that like uh, I just kind of jumbled it all into one, into just cartoons, you know, like Kirby and Sonic X. Like, I think Naruto was when I was like, oh, this is, like, separate. <laughs> like, this is different. Like, this is, this is a, its own thing. Favorite, favorite Dragon Ball character? Did you enjoy Gundam, Henny? Real quick. Um, so, I didn't start watching Gundam. The only, the, the earliest memory I have of Gundam is whichever one he used the burning fingers. I think that was... I don't remember which one that was, but I remember Burning Fingers. I had the Burning Fingers Gundam toy because you could switch out the hand. But I don't, I didn't watch a lot of Gundam after that um, until I think Iron Blooded Orphans. I did, and then I started watching like you know uh, Unicorn, which is amazing, right? Um, and my favorite Dragon Ball Z character is and will always be Oob. Um, he is Ooh. black. Okay. Like me is, <laughs> and that's why <laughs> he's my favorite. Okay, turn up. I told up. you, Mills. I told you, man. We we had this discussion separately about Oob. Yeah, uh, we've Oob. had a long discussion about Oob. Oob is an important character to me because uh, I feel like I feel like a lot of uh, of, of black kids. I'm pretty sure everybody, but a lot of black kids like like got into anime through Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Z was probably everyone's like gateway anime. Um, yeah. But like for, for me as someone who, who, you know, uh, loves anime and like grew up on it and like imitated it, you know, as a kid and emulated it and drew, you know, doodles and, you know, and all of yeah, that. So and you're, wrote stories. You are a brother just like us. Yes. Just like, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Straight like, up, straight up. To, 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 give so much of yourself to um uh to a creative entity um and not see yourself properly represented is is very sad i think it's very disheartening i think um so when you see yourself represented it's in a very like yeah really like this is as far as we get you know um so to see oob um who is like a character of color he's a good kid uh upon his inception he is potentially like as strong as the strongest characters that you've grown up with in the show and then like when you play the games and you get to play as him you know you get to actually live in his shoes and, right. and control him i think that's that for me was that's why like more so than i mean i love Oob the character too like he's such a great character but like he he i don't know it's it, people want to see themselves reflected in what they love you know and i think Oob did that for me in 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 Dragon Ball Z. Like I, every time I got to play as him, I would. I will say this, man. Um, when Oob is officially canon and super, which I'm, I mean, I, it kind of is already. I know they kind of hint on it a little bit, man. When they bring him to the to the animated screen, hey, 
I hope you're there, man. I hope you're there for for real. I hope so. If uh, if they give me the opportunity again, I did audition for Oob um, for um, for Xenoverse Two, but uh, Briner, Justin Briner, the voice of Deku, is currently voice of Oob. Wow! Come on, man. You got enough, bro. Come on. (laughs) They were looking for a voice match. They're looking for a voice match to voice match the first guy who did it, and uh, I think Justin just uh, matched it a little bit better than I could. All right, all right. You know, I'm just you know got Deku already. Come on, man. <laughs> um, he's great. He's talented. No, of course. Um, but that's I mean, first of all, that's amazing. Um, that yes. you've gained so much love. Yeah, to I was thankful for on... for the for the opportunity. Uh, really, really. I think we can talk about. All right, so we kind of want to talk about, and this is why you kind of line up with this podcast so much, and just kind of our ideals because every I wouldn't say everything that you've been in because there's some stuff that you've been in that we haven't covered yet. Um, we have mentioned them like Cannon Busters mm. and One Punch Man mm. and a few others right. that you've been in, but kind of the three pillars, the mm. three things that kind of we, Jeff and I, and of course the, the Lookout community, we have people on our team who are fans of these various podcasts. We have people that we talk to and I love the anime community because it's kind of like, they're at times they're just passionate about kind mm. of the same things you're passionate about and we're able to kind of talk about it. But you kind of line up in these three certain animes, which is crazy. Which is why you're the perfect guest for the show, which is why, thank you so much. The, with uh, First of all, we have to talk about My Hero Academia, because we are currently talking about My Hero Academia in our active season. This episode mm-hmm. has actually kind of hijacked what we kind of normally yes. do, which is fine. <laughs> I mean, why the hell not? Um, because next episode, we were going to talk about Stain, and I love mm-hmm. that part of the anime. But we have you here, and I kind of want to talk about My Hero Academia. How do, how, how? Just how? <laughs> like, how did that happen? How did it happen? And how much in love with kind of the character that you play are you? Or if mm-hmm. are you, or are you? you know? Or am I? Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> my, my hero happened because, um, so I know uh, Brittany Lauda in, in, in Texas. Um, mm-hmm. I think we worked together on something. Oh, we worked together on our friend's uh, thesis film, her art thesis film. So that's how we kind of became acquainted with each other. Um, now that when they were auditioning, they were, you know, they auditioned in batches and Rock Lock was coming. Um, so she recommended me uh, out there in Texas to, uh, who, I think, I don't know if it was the director or who, because I think mainly primarily to read for Rock Lock, but they sent me a, like a paragraph. I mean, not a paragraph, like a packet, like an audition packet mm-hmm. for like a bunch of other characters. So at the same time, my agency was also working with with uh, getting materials from Funimation. I, it was pretty much like like this very divinely timed. Like like God was like, "Look, <laughs> I'm gonna get you with this show." <laughs> um, so uh, so like they were, you know, so they sent me something, and then I, I got sent something from the the director reached out. Um, because you know uh, I was recommended, so um, I sent in all my reads. Uh, this is before I even auditioned for Hawks because he wasn't in that packet, and I booked Sakaki. So then I worked. Uh, we did the episode with Sakaki in it, and then um, great work, by the way. You really you. took that. Uh, <laughs> you took that. Uh, you killed that. <laughs> It's actually he's like actually like one of the most fun uh 
characters I've ever played to date. He's just, I don't know. I don't know what about it made him so fun. He was just so fun. And also, like, fun fact, like, because the game's out and the dub's out in the game now, Um, I have more lines as Sakaki in the game than I did in the show. Oh, I don't know wow. that's about. <laughs> but, like, I think he had, like, five lines in the in the anime, and he has, like, eight to ten in the game. Um. And then, like, after we did, after the work with, with, with Sakaki, she sent me an audition for Hawks. Um, I was like, oh, can you read this? I'm still casting this. I, I, try, I, I worked on it for, like, probably several more hours than I should have. And <laughs> yeah. knowing know, that they I, were like, you know what? Your regular voice sounds fine. Is fine. <laughs> Honestly, like, I, Hawks isn't even really my regular voice. He's, I guess so, like, but he's definitely, like, I definitely pulled down a little bit lower mm. for him, but like not too low. Like I learned the there's a there's a very fine line because I think if it goes too low, it's not him either. Um, yeah, you end up I, sounding like like a Billy D. Williams or something like. Yeah, like <laughs> he's not. I don't know. He. I think if he goes too low, he sounds a little too much like trying like trying like it'd be my best Aizawa impression uh, <laughs> as opposed okay. to like uh, <laughs> as opposed to like being Hawks. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, like, because he, you know, the biggest thing, he's supposed to be cool. So I thought, like, the lower the voice, the cooler he'd be. And yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. No, it's not working. Like, just be you. Like, just, you know, which is also the Billy D like, philosophy. Like, that's how Donald <laughs> Lover approached it. He was just like, just be cool. Like, don't try yeah. so hard. Just, like, just be cool about it. So, um, yeah. So I auditioned for it. I didn't think I was going to get it. Um, I spent like several hours doing take after take after take. And then I was like, oh, screw it. Like I, I prayed on it and I was just like, all right, God, like you're going to do what you want to do anyway. Like, yeah, this is uh, it. you know, I'm just going to do three takes of this and you tell me which ones you want me to, to send. Right. So then, um, I, I sent it and then I was just like, you know, whatever. Uh, I can't wait to see this when Matthew Mercer plays them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then like, I got the email in January that, um, I was cast as Hawks, and it was like, oh, it's kind of surreal. That's a beautiful thing. The rest yeah. is history. First of all, Hawks has kind of like, in terms of prepping, prepping for this, you mm-hmm. learn of Hawks, you're reading with Hawks. Do you go to the manga and just like, let me see what happens with this guy. Let's see what's going on over here. Or do, are you, is like the manga kind of like a pseudo script-esque yeah, type yeah. of deal? Do you only know what you know, or are you, you know, are you fully in depth? Um, I'm, I'm caught up to the manga. Um, okay. okay. So, um, so yeah, so good, I, I actually, always felt like I didn't want voice actors to be like, I don't, I don't read mangas. I only read. <laughs> right. I mean, there are some, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some, there's some people who like, don't know, like who have never heard of the character they played and they just, yeah. you know, they don't keep up with the manga. I'm not one of those people. I, I like researching, but then it, it's a double-edged sword, you know, because yes. sometimes you'll, you'll do all this research. You get too then, caught up into the character maybe. I think for me, like, especially like I started researching Hawks as soon as I got the, the audition. Right. I was like, mm. OK, well, uh, I kind of want to play him. He looks cool. Like, I got to know. I got to know how he thinks. I got to know how he operates. I got to know his levels so I can accurately capture yeah. every facet of his, of his of the character. Right. So then you read the manga and then you get invested and then you audition. and You don't get it. Then it makes you not want to read the manga anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because that would happen with me for sure. Right. Like, like, you know, I, Alex, I that guy. That, that's- that, no, that's real. Yeah, like that's how I, I sometimes that's how like I I don't know if that's just me being petty, but sometimes like I get so invested and then I'm not him and I'm like I, I can't I can't like I did all that work, um, but um, so like I started I started catching up as soon as I auditioned for him just to get an idea 
which sometimes can overcomplicate things. That's why, you know, mm-hmm. you just gotta, you gotta go back to the core of who he is, which is just really cool. And, yeah. um, so, uh, yeah. Was that the question? What was the question? No, that was Screw the question. The gra- <laughs> that was, that was amazing. I, I um, like, no, of of course. And and this is great timing because kind of like as we do this interview, so I'm going to drop this tomorrow. Um, mm. <laughs> we, we struggle back and forth of when we're going to drop this. I will drop yeah. this tomorrow. Sure. So this weekend, you have a very, you know, momentous debut. First of all, yeah. I want to know kind Huge. of your your thoughts on this because we're building up to this moment, right? Like I'm watching mm. the sub, of course. I'm watching the sub. I see all of this go down. I'm like, uh, one week. Come on, simulcast. Like, I <laughs> so love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we're building it up one week and everyone sees the amazing battle that happens at the end of season four ah, and they no, see your involvement crazy. in it. Yeah. And everyone's like, ah, he's about to come up. He's about to show up. And mm-hmm. then coronavirus and everything mm-hmm. slows Same. everything down. Yeah. And then you're like, when is the dub coming out? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, Delayed. how did you, was it the, was it the same kind of feeling that we have that you have? Oh about yeah. This entire- um, if you guys are like upset about not being able to see it, imagine like not being able to perform it. <laughs> you right, know, right. like that's right. you've got this character, you, you did like a few I like I did a few scenes in the movie, and then like I was of like course. and I and I knew he was coming to the anime this season. I thought I was gonna have to wait longer, you know. I thought I was gonna have to wait till season five. Um, but I was like there were sources that said that hawks would show up this season so i was like oh okay well, cool like i'll still get to like do some stuff in the anime proper like that'll be cool yeah, and then mm-hmm. like 87 comes by and he's featured heavily in 87 and then 88 has this really cool fight and then speaking about like anime roles that i've played like i have yet to play a role where i do a lot of cool fighting sequences um like genya doesn't get to do any this season of demon slayer um no and Genia's like, very interesting. I'll talk about that, but Genia is very oh. uh Kelby doesn't do little to any fighting in Cannon Busters. And even in right. uh in Dragon Quest, like uh Harry does does all this all the fighting like at the end. So I you know, I I I love like I, I wanna do the intense fighting stuff. That stuff is like part of why like I love anime and like wanna do it just to feel cool. So I was really excited yeah. about it. And then, like, 88 comes out, and I'm like, yo. And 88, honestly, like, that fight, that episode has been, like, one of the things I've looked forward to performing the most as Hawks. Um, because, like, what I love most about Hawks is he, he goes from cool to really cool, right? Like, chill, and then he turns it on. He, like, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the switch flips, I think, is what makes Hawks so cool. Like, he mm-hmm. he flips switches like that. Uh, um, and I think that's what, what makes him just so interesting. Um, so yeah, like, Hmm? no, I was about to say, I love also the interactions with Endeavor, right? Like this cool young cat and this like, it's the best kind of Aggie Endeavor, uh, play by the rules. Like, uh, get, you know, get this kid out of here. Like they're having like lunch and just making funny quips (laughs) with one another. And I'm just, it's amazing. Yes. But like what also what it is was, I think I was thinking about it the other day is like, I was like, wow, like if you, when you think about it, like this kid is having lunch with his hero, like, you know, he was mm-hmm. inspired by Endeavor and not really All Might, you know, so right. in the grand right. scheme of things, like he's, he's working alongside his idol, you know, almost. Um, and I think like, and he's being really cool about it, but I feel like 
you know, I'm wondering like if that, if inside he's like, feel, he feels very gratified that like, you know, this is my idol. This is the guy I've looked up to because I've watched him, you know, try to do the impossible. Um, right. Um, so yeah. So like, I've been very excited to, so I'm very excited for, for Sunday. Also very nervous because, you know, it's been a long time between the movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, great. great, man. <laughs> Um, the movie so, experience looked great. I mean, you if you Google yourself on, <laughs> I don't know why you would, but <laughs> if you Google yourself, of course, a lot of the red carpet stuff comes up, the interviews come up, yeah. the entire Hawks thing comes up. I mean, just that experience itself, it kind of like, I never even think of it. All right, so just because I'm just so like reading the voice acting and all this other stuff, I never think of like, wow, also movies and stuff like that. Like I'm thinking about it for like Pokemon Journeys, right? Like which we'll talk to in just kind of a little bit. And you talk about like Go and the protagonist of Go. And you're not just playing in the show. Like there's movies, there's all these other things like that. And and, well, hopefully, yeah, it's it's a big deal. Um, But with... I mean, this My Hero Academia experience, I think there's so much. I mean, I look forward to it every week. We both are major fans of the show. Yeah. Um, we see that people are major fan of Hawks because mm-hmm. of just cool. He's like, he represents cool, young hero doing yeah. it. What? Number two already? What? And he's only, what, 20-something? What? That's yeah. cool. Like, <laughs> turn that up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So I, I invested so much. You know, Mills told me, hey, we're doing we're doing season two, my hero. I said, cool. My my thing is, I'm not just gonna watch season two. I'm gonna go ahead and finish, and then I'm gonna start reading. And as soon as I got the Hawks, I told him I was like, I, I sent Mills a text. I'm like, yo, who is this? You know, like, <laughs> like yeah. this is incredible. I would love to talk a little bit about your experience as a Genya and Demon Slayer, because Demon Slayer. I mean, after we did the whole Dragon Ball Z thing, and we talked about Dragon Ball Z, I mean, we talked about Dragon Ball Z for 50 episodes, and kind <laughs> of explored, uh, we kind of explored various arcs and like various motivations and things, and then the kind of the first thing that we kind of captured after Dragon Ball, wanted to capture after Dragon Ball, was Demon Slayer, because Jeff, once again, it's a text, this is, you know, anime fans, kind of talking <laughs> back and forth, great yeah. show, you need to watch this, okay, I say no more, say less. <laughs> say this less. Is, it's special. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so watching the show, and obviously, I mean, there's a moment in the show... I think it's always for everyone. Episode 19 is just kind of one of the most... It's, yeah, it's groundbreaking. In terms of that part of the show, it's, mm-hmm. it's incredible. What kind of drew... What drew you to kind of Demon Slayer itself? Because you're... you're I mean... You're, you're playing Genya in the show. You have very seldom lines in the actual first season. It's kind mm-hmm. of, I think you may have like have a couple. You have six. one in like episode maybe six. Is it six? Uh, I don't know. Is that, I think that's episode four or five. Or I think something. it's five because the first like yes. three or four are just like three, four, three are training with the ghosts that may not be ghosts. Four is the actual thing itself. And then. You get real Aggie at Tanjiro. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe it was yeah. revenge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe it was revenge. How was your experience? How was the experience just kind of with what kind of, well, I want to say this. What drew you to Demon Slayer and like what's kind of been the experience it's been considering how this anime has kind of blown up? Does it make you more excited about what's in the future for the character that you're playing? Um, I am familiar with Demon Slayer because I'm always on the lookout for like, Animes with protagonists I can play. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, 
their anime was announced that the animation is going to be done by Ufotable, who I love from their work on um, Fate's Day Night, um, Unlimited Blade Works, uh, the Shiro versus Gilgamesh fight. Uh-huh. So they they their animation, especially with like swordplay, is always top tier. Oh, um, and I, I think level. they were. I think they were in a relatively slept on studio um, before Demon Slayer. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I a lot just... of people knew about what they could do through like the Fate series, like Fate Zero, Fate uh, mm-hmm. State Night Unlimited Play Works. Um, and took it, they did a, the, the to- Token Rambo uh, anime. But that's what drew me in the most. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I, I, I was reading the manga and then I was like, oh, and the anime is being done by Ufotable. I'm in um and they delivered <laughs> clearly <laughs> yeah definitely yeah i mean it's become just kind of phenomenal i mean over in japan it's like a phenomenon over here and, and then you feel like it's going to come over here and kind of do the same thing at least we kind of put it up as like in terms of just a new anime because we have said like you know compared to what we had as kids we had a yeah. lot of great stuff as kids we had the sailor moons we had dragon ball z we had, you know pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh, Digimon, mm-hmm. all these other things like we actually had a lot mm-hmm. um yeah. and it was kind of like this kind of peak reaching america kind of doing this thing but now i think more with the renaissance of new animes that's come back and like i think you know dragon ball super has a large part of that because it's kind of a familiar thing that people latch on to right. and then you have these great animes like you have carol and tuesday which is a different type of anime and you have haikyuu mm-hmm. which is a different type of anime and you have demon yeah, slayer yeah. which is a complete you have so many genres so many different things all kind of great you know written amazingly and produced amazingly with these great voice actors um kind of with demon slayer are you i mean i don't even want to say are you excited because it's <laughs> like yeah <laughs> um but is, are you excited i mean yes are you excited with the things for genya moving forward and how do you actually landed the role for genya um I'm very excited about Ganya moving forward because Ganya has a great, uh, uh, for anybody listening who's like a, a fan of the, well, who's caught up on the manga, because even though it just ended, um, he has a very, he has an excellent character arc that I, uh, that I would love to explore, but I can't wait to explore. Um, you know, the Ganya you see in the first episode and the Ganya you see in the last episode are two completely different characters yeah. and they're uh, almost, almost literally and um the genya you see by the end of the manga is a completely different person you know um mm-hmm. than the those, those you see so he he has a great great character arc that i'd love to explore and he has a really really cool uh he has really cool the, the way he fights demons is also really really interesting and really cool and i cannot wait to do that um yeah so uh genya like like i said earlier it was it was mostly um me um, I, I auditioned for two other characters, and then using my uh, my Inosuke take, that's how we built uh, Genya, and uh, I was just you know really excited to. to Great how that worked out, right? Yeah, yeah. So you never know uh, when you audition for something. You never know like what uh, a casting director will will put you in as. You know, you never know what they're listening to, right. or you know. So you even. Well, if you I, have, I, I, you know, I, I love what you said about Ufotable. I do want to say this, like, you know, I, I love, you know, when you can produce anime and not take any episodes off, you know, yeah. and I just think they take 
that's so well, man. You know, it's just it's clean. Every episode gives you that content that you desire and the fight scenes. It's just it's so good, man. Um, so with that said, I mean, through the constant, I wouldn't say a theme, but a constant build through this entire thing is like you've you've had these experiences of like, okay, you know, I went out for the the protagonist of the series, and then they were like, but you know what you would be get, you would be best for is this one. Right. I have to applaud you for this one. This next <laughs> yeah. one. I mean, okay. I have to applaud. I might have to applaud you literally. Like, no, listen, listen, because listen, no. this is it, bro. You got to understand, you know, <laughs> Pokemon means the world to me still as a 30 year old man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, a, and I know Mills as well. You know, this is like, first of all, I know we're both honored to even be talking to you about this character and congratulations on getting it because it is a huge deal. And I think it's important that we make sure we we pinpoint the fact that it is a it is huge. It is massively huge. That <laughs> I don't know if I've already you know done too much about it, but Pokemon Journeys mm-hmm. coming to Netflix. First of all, did you know it was coming to Netflix? Uh, you know what? Let me not ask you that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can answer that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you can answer that. But Pokemon Journeys Netflix. I mean, it's the first Pokemon has kind of been this episodic thing that has lived on, breathed, and and continued on television for Massive. over, I want to say, 20 years. And mm-hmm. I've been a part, a majority of the journey. Definitely coming this Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so people are gearing up their Netflix watch parties and things like that, and they're ready to do this. Um, how does it feel to be playing the protagonist in, uh, you know, I've <laughs> went through this entire podcast without cursing. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry, I just got to drop it here. Playing the protagonist in fucking Pokemon, man. <laughs> How does it feel? This is huge, man. What a lot of things came together for that, um, and it's uh, like a, a lot of these roles are, are all about opportunity. So I really would like to highlight my community for being very tolerant, and and I I, I had definitely wanted to stop doing anime a while ago because I just. I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't getting as many opportunities as my peers. I felt like studios were kind of ignoring me. Like I was sending my stuff and, you know, um, they would, I would only audition for like the black guy. And like, I, you know, and I want to be the hero. Um, So, you know, somebody recommended me because the casting director, when they were casting, uh, was actually looking for more diversity. Um, It's just, it feels, it feels monumentous it, it it really it's 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 almost undescribable i feel so incredibly blessed like because i grew up on pokemon pokemon was one of the first you know uh animes i watched one of my first mem- pillows i remember was my dad buying me this like ghetto blue leg pokemon pillow you know um, <laughs> I there were plenty the first, right there was plenty yeah. pokemon, <laughs> the first uh movie was one of the first movies that i ever cried at, at you know like uh, so being getting to be a part of something that was a part of me in my childhood um, and knowing that that is potentially shaping other kids like me, their childhood, who look yeah. like me and who will see themselves, who can see themselves reflected in, in, in Go um, is, is incredibly powerful. And it's incredibly gratifying. It's, it's an, an indescribable honor um, that I strive to um, honor uh, and up, uphold every session 
um that's that's so amazing bro it's awesome really it really is like i'm thinking about it like when i thought about it's like he's not just playing go and like the anime but it's like in movies you can come back later down the line when ash decides to go somewhere else and you're like oh goes here like you can like you're (laughs) you're like threaded in the history of the show now you just and you know it's it's an amazing thing and i'm glad that you said the thing that like Pokemon's looking for more diversity because I think that's kind of we need more of that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a, and it feels like I don't want to say it's kind of felt like a trend, but I feel like it's becoming something more so that people are like, no, we need this. Like we need this to actually happen. We can't yeah. just continue doing Absolutely. things in the same status quo and just being, I mean, it's it's easy to be comfortable in doing this, but you're kind of doing a disservice to the fans and the people and all this other stuff. I've watched I watched Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll tell you this about New York. If you ever in New York, if you ever go to Court Street Theater in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. it is the blackest theater in Brooklyn. It's just, <laughs> Yo, it's like the magic out here. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a, I think there's a Magic Johnson Theater here too um, yeah. in Harlem. But it's more, and I remember watching Dragon Ball Super movie. I watched it twice, the Broly one. Yeah. Um, I watched it twice. I went for the first time in the Square Street Theater by myself. Mm-hmm. And I went with all these kids, and all these kids are black. And mm-hmm. f- the legitimately the moment when Vegeta turns Super Saiyan God and he's going through the air and it's this beautiful transformation yeah. and his hair is red and everyone is losing their shit. I was just like, Oh my god, this is kind of what it's about. Like this is <laughs> yeah. it, this is the connection that we have but at the same time it's like you want to see you want to be able to also see yourself on that screen and you want to be able to you know put yourself in those shoes and not just the shoes like yeah you know we see them but you know ultimately that's the character and that's who they're playing it for but now we see other people and people of color and the same thing with like all the other voice actors that i mentioned you even mentioned rock lock rock lock is another character who is like you know mm-hmm. that's black man right there 100 like, <laughs> percent. and it's and it's like you know but for for you to have go i mean pokemon is such a star Wars thing in our lives mm-hmm. um do you have a favorite pokemon or do you like cynical cynical okay mm-hmm. respect okay Turn that Gen two, okay, all right. Um, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing. I don't know how much you can actually talk about the show. I've watched it sub, so I know I'm still going to watch it dubbed, and I'm glad it's kind of in this format that it is, where they're giving you all these episodes kind of in batches, and you're able to watch it, and you're able to kind of fall in love, and you're able to kind of enjoy it with your family and looking on Netflix. I'm like, oh shit, there you go. Yeah, I think the Netflix Pokemon is actually more important than. You know, it's going to come off early. I think being able to watch it in that, you know, people like binging, you know, even if it is four or five episodes at a time, I I think it's just important. You know, we can all kind of click with it. Um, Man, we're so happy for you. I don't even like this is our first time talking forever, but I've been happy for you (laughs) for the longest time. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate it. Um, And and, and I know. And I know so many people are, and we're 100%, like you said, we're extremely grateful to have you on our platform talking about this and sharing your experiences and kind of how we're able to link with our experiences, because that's kind of what this podcast has always been about. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
we just want to continue to say congratulations and yeah, wish you really the best. You, straight up. Yeah. Bro. Like, we're behind you, bro. Straight up. I really appreciate that. I, I, I uh, like I said, I, um, I think black people love anime. My, the whole crux of, of, of why I fight so hard is, is black people love anime and we should be allowed to do it. You know, we, we carry a lot of the culture, not just in anime, but just in, in, in general in the world. And, you know, um, I think it, it it would be a disservice of me to not try to um, highlight and and get bring awareness to how how powerful reflection can be. You know how powerful mm-hmm. it can be to see yourself to see you know to to see yourself in the stuff that you love. Um, like even this interview happened because you know we we not only have a connection through our shared love for anime, but through our shared culture and through our shared history. Absolutely um and and you see yourself reflected in what i do just like i see myself or just like i try to reflect you um in on screen so i think that's why this is is so important i think that's why this conversation is so important um yeah so thank you i appreciate it thank you man thank you seriously Uh Yeah, thank you. And thank you guys for tuning in to episode 60, a very special episode 60. Yeah. Um, that we have um Zena Robinson. Thank you again. They can follow you on they can follow you anywhere, right? Yeah, <laughs> At the same like literally the same thing. Childish Games, you know, everywhere. <laughs> like that's literally Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of Childish Games, you know, anywhere. Um you can follow him there and continue to support him because you know, that's just it's just amazing the things they've been able to do. You can continue to support us as well um, at the Lookout RNC. Um, you can continue, you know, of course, you can follow myself at Meals TV, M-E-E-L-Z-T-V. You can follow Jeff at Old Newsboy. You can continue to follow everything that we've got with this podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.